Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. I wanted to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So make sure you sign up for my free newsletter at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you examine the evolution of your life. I'll also be interviewing Simone and Malcolm Collins, co-authors of an amazing new book, The Pragmatist Guide to Life, a guide to creating your own answer to life's biggest questions. They review the practical ways this powerful book assists you in creating your own personal framework for life. For more information on Malcolm and Simone, as well as purchase their book, please visit pragmatist.guide. You may also purchase this book on Amazon or in the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com. <laughs> I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. The evolution of our life. When we're children, we often have this idea of who we want to be and what we like to become. For example, when I was a little boy, I wanted to be a cowboy. And then I wanted to be a police officer and then a medical doctor. And then when I went into undergrad, I wanted to become a geneticist. I wanted to cure cancer. But I got a huge music scholarship, since music is in my background, and then I ended up declaring music, but eventually changed to a double major in psychology and Spanish with a music minor. And that is a great example of how all of our lives change. When you can look at your own life, there's so many things you like to be and what you like to become. And sometimes we do realize that, and then other times life just changes and we have different outcomes. The evolution of our life is very important. Because when you think about it, the more information you have, the more successful you will be to become that which you want to become. This is analogous to our purpose in life, or our mission in life. And what I mean by that is this. The vocations that we have or what we do with our life is not necessarily our passion or our purpose. It's just simply what we do. What I always tell people to do is look at all the different things you wanted to become, or perhaps even all the things you studied or the jobs you had. There is a common theme that connects all of those together. And of course, yes, you're the common denominator and all of that, but there's a common theme which enticed you or drew you into that profession or that calling or that hobby or even that job. For me, when I look back on all those things, I wanted to help people. And so as I understand my own life and my purpose, my purpose is to help people. Now that's very broad, but it's to help people in a way to help them figure it out on their own. 
how that manifested all throughout my life was different. For example, even now, I am now on the radio and TV. That is what my current life looks like. However, it's all still links together with wanting to help people. When you look at your own life, you'll find that there's so many common threads that link everything you've done together. And so it's really important for you to analyze what that is. My guests today, Malcolm and Simone Collins, are going to really help you with that. Their phenomenal book, The Pragmatist Guide to Life, is really going to help you pinpoint how to map that out, how to create a framework for yourself, how to see those common threads that really link all of this together. But I really want you to think about this before you hear their interview. When you look back on your life, what was a common thread or common theme that linked everything together? Because there is one there. Now remember, your purpose in life is going to be different than your mission in life. The purpose of your life is that linkage together and then the mission is how it acts out in the moment. So for me, my mission right now is to help people simplify and transform their spirit, mind, and body via the radio and television. Whereas before, my mission was to really help people do that in my private practice. So my purpose always remained the same, but how it was demonstrated was different. So the same type of thing, the linkage of all that looks together in your own life may look different in how it manifests itself. So really think about that as you hear this interview with Malcolm and Simone, because the framework you're going to hear today is going to really put you on the path to help you live a purpose-filled life. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Simone and Malcolm Collins, married co-CEOs of a multinational travel company called Travelmax, are here to discuss the importance of independent thought and creating your own answers to life's biggest questions. They recently published The Pragmatist Guide to Life, a ruthlessly pragmatic guide to doing just this by providing a framework that helps readers develop their own answers while equipping them with the neuroscientific tools necessary to transform themselves into whomever they choose to be. Welcome to my show, you two. Hi. It's wonderful to be here. <laughs> I'm so glad. I love this. I love that you both are on this show together. I've done a couple shows with, with a couple married couples, so I'm really, I've always just enjoyed the dynamic with it. So I'm really excited to hear, to get both sides of all this and really, see, really talk about your amazing book. So thank you for joining with us today. It's a pleasure. So give us a little bit of your backstory. How did you, how did you even decide that this was something, this whole existential question of what is the meaning of life and your own little backstories, how did that come about? When I first met Malcolm dating at age 24, he basically pulled me into an existential crisis by making me <laughs> ask these questions for the first time ever. And it, it literally changed my life uh -huh. and then eventually changed his life. So <laughs> from there, it pretty much was our only obvious choice going yes. forward. Well, and that's so neat that, you know, you're, you are going out about in life and then all of a sudden something happens and then you're literally launched into your career, launching your purpose, and you don't even realize that that's what's happening. Yeah, I had no idea on on the, the day that I met Malcolm what was going to happen, though I was terribly nervous. I was so nervous. I wrote a letter to myself about like all the things that could possibly go wrong so that I could just deal with the anxiety. Oh, and some of them were so crazy. One was that her car breaks down and I think that she was trying to stand me up. Are you serious? I, I've actually oh, seen hysterical. the list. I've read through all of her diaries. Another one was that she started vomiting in the middle of the day. That was another one of her, her fears. You know what? I'm sure it happens sometimes. Um, I love it. So Malcolm, tell us a little bit about you because that's hysterical. It's been something I've sort of been searching for all my life, you know, trying to understand why humans do what they do and, you know, sort of by proxy, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So 
I started that path in neuroscience. Uh, you know, I was a somewhat successful neuroscientist, at least for my age. You know, I've been published. I still have an exhibit on display at the Smithsonian. Oh, that's great. I left that path once I felt like it wasn't going to give me the answers I wanted. Mm. I mean, it gave me a part of the answer to the question, but then I thought, well, I want to sort of understand how humans act in aggregate. And mm-hmm. I was like, why don't I go? So I ended up going to Stanford Business School to sort of uh, look at organizational structures mm-hmm. and how humans interact on that level. Um, and it was there that I met Simone, um, and we ended up talking a lot about this subject, just constantly, constantly, constantly. And I remember the first time I engaged you on it, you're like, well, you know, I want to make the lives of other people better. That's what I live for. And I was like, oh, define better, specific. Mm-hmm. Like, if I had a button that you could press, and it would put every other person into a pod that would sort of maximize whatever emotional state they wanted from life, mm-hmm. would you press that button? And she said, well, no. Because then they wouldn't have freedom. And I go, well, then what would you maximizing for? Is it freedom? Is it positive emotional states? Um, and we really began to talk through and think about, because these aren't necessarily questions I have answers to either. Sure. They're just questions I obsess over. And that's sort of the point of the first part of the book, um, is, is coming to your own answers for these questions and just sort of a framework for thinking through them. Mm-hmm. And many of the answers that society gives you, because there's so many answers that, that are just sort of the socially acceptable answers to these questions sure. that end the conversation. You know, what I, one, of, one, of the, one of the many things I really like about your book is you create a framework for that. And we'll jump to the book in just a second here, but everybody's going to have a different reason, mentality, purpose um, for life. You know, some people, uh, I have, have discovered it earlier, realized it earlier, many people over time discover that as well but it's not one thing where you understand it and boom that's it it's the evolution of that as well how do you really help people really recognize that everyone's going to have a different version of what that looks like well that's it's it's a reality that we accept in the book and it's also something more importantly just than just accepting that people are going to have different conclusions sure um, based sort of on, on these very deep set proclivities that mm-hmm. we all have that could be genetic in nature, could be based on our lives, that also those things may change over time sure. as we receive new evidence, experience new things, uh, get better information. We may change what those objective functions, as we call them, will be, those things that we want to do with our lives. And that's okay. We should change if we get better information. Yes. And I think that a lot of books that sort of help people with this Pretend that we live in this fantasy world where people don't have mutually exclusive objective functions, mm-hmm. and we don't. You know, it, 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 some people are genuinely trying to maximize their own emotional state. Some people are genuinely trying to do everything they can to please a certain deity. Some people, like a, a god or mm-hmm. whatever, actually a certain deity. I'm not implying that I think there's. Well, I'm just saying that people believe different things, sure. and these things aren't all different shades of sort of the same thing. You know, some people genuinely want to maximize sort of their genetic material in the world or or want to live as long as they can or want to experience as many things as possible. Um, and, And these aren't all different versions of the same thing. These are genuinely different things with genuinely philosophical sure. sort of frameworks behind them. That's that's great. And I, I'd really like to hear how you really conceptualize that as well because I know so many people in the, oh, I'm generalizing here. There's, there are people in, let's say, the, the self-help world who kind of lump everything together. Your purpose is this. Your purpose is that. It's, it's a feeling. It's a state of being. And yes, all that's true, but it's so much more 
grandiose and so much um, existential, I suppose, than, than what many people often think. So let's jump right into this book, The Pragmatist Guide to Life, a guide to creating your own answers to life's biggest questions. You said earlier how there are four different sections, and I'll read the four sections off and then we'll jump into each one of those. What is the purpose of my life? How can I best realize the purpose of my life? Who do I want to be? How do I want others to think of me? Which I think are just obviously very stellar questions. It's <laughs> a given. So let's go into that. So what is the purpose of my life? How do you break that down for people using your framework? I, I, uh, the, the only negative review we've gotten so far was very long, and I really love what she had to complain about. She said, well, they list a bunch of different things that could be the purpose of your life, and then they explain why every one of them is wrong. And I, I so then, well, where is the answer? And I think that that's something that we all come into reading a book like this wanting. We mm-hmm. want someone to just hand hand us the answer and say, the answer is blah. And the book doesn't focus on that. It sort of details the philosophical background between behind every answer we could conceive of and that we could find by interviewing other people. Mm-hmm. And then we sort of come up with sort of thought experiments meant to challenge whether or not you actually believe this thing that you tell yourself you believe. Well, so that's a Socratic method. So that's what you're implementing when it comes to yeah, a philosophical yeah. approach. Yeah. Okay. Which, that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. And I, I appreciate that. Uh, so like an example of a challenge would be like the pod thing that I was talking about. Well, if you really believe that the purpose of your life is to help people specifically by maximizing uh, the emotional state of the human population in aggregate, mm-hmm. you know, here are some various methods that you could sort of hypothetically jump to that maximization. Which one of those methods do you believe that you would actually support doing? Right, or if you believe that you know perfecting yourself is really what you want your purpose of life to be, well, what if you could just skip all the work and be that perfect image? Would you immediately do it? And you might think, oh, no, 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 I have to earn it. I have to struggle for it. Well, maybe then your objective function is the struggle. Mm, yeah, actually, you I know, see. Challenge yeah. yourself. So it, it, it's just a bunch of litmus tests that the way we determined we were done and we'd written enough or done a good enough job for now was when we had a lot of test readers all go through it and a bunch of them started saying, well, you obviously have this one answer and everyone said something different. Like, obviously you were pointing people towards this or that, which meant that it, <laughs> it, so it, it made it possible for them to find their own purpose. Yes. But everyone was finding something different. So it meant that we were we were effectively helping people litmus test themselves. Wow, that's interesting. Because you're right, you know, if the, the questions you asked, I mean, it really makes them think, well, if I could be a, this, perf- this perfect person or it's a struggle, it really breaks it down to its smallest denomination or, or smallest element to really help people say, well, wh- where did I have that gut response or if you will? Um, and yes. that's what really helps people then really focus it and narrow it down to something that's different. Or if they think even more about it, then like, well, you know, really at the end of the day, it's not really about that. It's I want to do something completely different. I'm just bored of this topic in itself. And so I'm yeah. sure it really can yeah. elicit or be very evocative when it comes to people's mindset or how they just view the world. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly helpful. And that's what Malcolm eventually, or in the beginning, when we first met, helped me discover. I was basically, I realized, pursuing objective functions or purposes in life that in the end, oh my gosh, they couldn't be more <laughs> far from what I genuinely, truly, when questioning sure. myself, care about. Yeah. And it's because it was society's most popular default answers, you know, mm-hmm. happiness, helping others, saving the planet. Turns out I really don't care about those things. <laughs> uh, but without really questioning for myself, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten there. Yes. And so once the first part of this, once people really have that, uh, that really questioning or that query of their own self, then when you move to the next section of this is how can I best realize the purpose of my life? How do you make that transition for them? 
So this section really sort of talks about two core concepts. One is, is that we have this sort of tree of beliefs about the world, which mm -hmm. are sort of hypothesis uh, as to how we think the world works. You know, we might have at a lower on the base of the tree, okay, I think democracy is the best form of government. Okay, I think, you know, the uh, Democratic Party is the best way to, you know, realize that democracy. Okay, I think this policy objective. Okay, I think this candidate. And what it helps people do is one sort of think about and structure their hypotheses about how mm -hmm. the world works, mm -hmm. and two, help them change those. So one really important exercise we have people do is think through things that are really sort of base in this uh, uh, ideological tree and think what evidence do they need to encounter mm -hmm. to change this belief mm -hmm. and have they searched to see if that evidence is already out there in the world. And the second thing we really talk about was in this section is what forms of evidence you consider valid. Uh, and we don't lead people towards specific types of evidence having more validity than another, but it is important that you yourself have thought through the different forms of evidence that exist in the world mm -hmm. and which ones trump others to you. You know, sort of scientific data, sure. consensus within a field, uh, you know, your personal experiences. And uh, the, the thought experiment we use to help people sort of think through this is we say, okay, whether you believe in ghosts or don't believe in ghosts, what kind of evidence would you need to change that belief? If you saw a ghost in front of you, would you think I'm crazy? I'm clearly experiencing a schizophrenic episode. This is interesting. Um, or if the New York Times published a story that said ghosts everywhere, you know, or if, uh, you know, the experts in some uh, field of physics said, uh, actually, we discovered in a Hadron Collider, I mean, you can't see this anywhere else, but in the Hadron sure. Collider that ghosts exist, you know, what form of evidence would overturn your current beliefs about the world? So, whereas the beginning of the book helps you determine what your values and goals are and stress test those beliefs, this section helps you build a game plan for maximizing those things you value, for mm -hmm. maximizing those goals and stress testing that game plan. It almost, this when hearing you say this, it reminds me of like a geometric proof. You know, I'm in geometry again and I'm doing this proof as far as all these different theorems of how do I get to my end result here. It's yeah. interesting. I just did a show, talked about the belief system. What I was sharing with my listeners is the word belief, the antonym of belief is truth. And so it's so interesting from a literary standpoint because our belief system is simply not true per se. And so it goes, and I talked about that as well, what evidence proves or disproves what you currently think as far as your cognitive schemas, in other words, how you perceive yourself in the world. And so I love to hear how you do the same thing from a different standpoint, but you also help people really capture what do I need to know or what truth do I need to find in order to believe something or not believe something. It's such a it's such an amazing concept because you even look at cultural uh, cultural aspects of it. You know, from if I'm if I'm in an Asian culture or I'm in a or even just in North America, we have our culture is going to determine what is true. And so, even having a multicultural standpoint of even how would that even make sense if you wanted to bring that into your own perception or even to this framework as well? Because there's so many different ways. And so, the more worldly one is, and I use that word as far as how much experience one has, it really helps people even conceptualize this. I'm sure in a much more deep and much more profound way. Absolutely. That's great. So we move to the next section. Who do I want to be? So this is one that sort of uh, uh, falls more into your uh, specific training and may <laughs> uh, counter a little bit of it um, in terms of our, our beliefs about things. So I used to be a neuroscientist 
And I think that a lot of the standard models for how we process emotions Mm -hmm. are pretty close to being correct, but fundamentally they're flawed. And we sort of present a new model for how you process process your reactions to things, which differs from mainstream models slightly, but gives you more control over your emotional reactions. Mm -hmm. And simply put, the model that Malcolm presents in this is that we experience something Mm-hmm. That gets turned into a narrative. Mm-hmm. The narrative bounces off an internal model of ourselves, which he theorizes we all have just in the same way that we build models for other people. And based on the way that we think our our conception of ourselves should react to that narrative, mm-hmm. an emotion is output. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Basically, the same systems that build theories of minds for other people mm-hmm. have a theory of mind for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the theory of mind for ourselves that we're using to judge what emotional impulse we're going to have to a specific story exists in very much the same way we build frameworks for other people. So it also comes out like a cognitive distortion or cognitive schema. So you have this cognitive dissonance, rather. That's what I'm looking to say. So you yeah, have, you're developing cognitive dissonance. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and the point of the section is that we, ourselves, are the tools through which we execute the game plans that maximize our objective functions. Mm-hmm. So to have an efficient tool, you should probably have something that outputs the right kind of response to adversity, to opportunities, to whatever situations you experience in life. And so this discusses how we can alter the experience, the narrative, the internal model in a way that creates more optimal results. So you're teaching them how to slow everything down to recognize step by step of what happens and then how to maybe re-identify their own uh, template that they have for themselves? Yeah, how to tinker. Oh, I like how to that. tinker with the template. And the 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 uh you you are who you've allowed yourself to become. Mm-hmm. You have control over who you are. You don't get to say, Oh, I got mad at you, but that's just who I am. You know, I'm I'm sorry I exploded in the room. No, that that's that's who you are and you have control over sure. that. And, and and so much I think of the self help community pretends that we can only tinker with the outside aspects of who we are and not the core of who we are. And I I I would strongly disagree. I think you can pretty much build yourself to be any type of person you want to be. And we understand that we'll have different, you know, genetic and chemical predispositions, which may cause someone to be more likely to tend towards anger or sadness or something else. But that doesn't change the fact that you can really modulate that to a great extent. And the case study we use in this section is if you want to be happy all the time, how do you make that happen? Like, happiness is a a relatively trivial thing to to achieve. But we focus on the hardest ways of achieving it. It was in mm-hmm. a study, you know, people say, I want to be happy. So what am I going to do to be happy? Well, I'm going to, you know, get money and use that money to get stuff. And that stuff will make me happy. And, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, that's not true. No, stuff will make you happy. Sure, it definitely but it's will. <laughs> a lot harder to get stuff than just change your model or change the narrative you're telling yourself mm-hmm. about what you're experiencing. And as soon as happiness becomes trivial to achieve, you realize that, or a lot of people realize some people are just like oh this is great i'm gonna be happy all the time now and other people are like oh well that was easy okay (laughs) what actually has meaning because it definitely wasn't that sure well it goes through that decision tree that you were talking about earlier that's for sure (laughs) yeah so let's jump to the last part of this we have just a few more minutes um how do i want other people to think of me yeah that plays a key component in how you can achieve your goals because 
you need people unless you want to, you know, become a recluse, a monk and, and achieve enlightenment in isolation. You're probably going to need to get other people to do things so that you can achieve sure. your goals, be it, you know, marry you and start a family with you or, you know, follow your leadership as you lead this company. Promote to- you. Be nice to you. Yeah. You know yeah. So this is about how to create a version of yourself that quickly communicates to other people who you are and gets them to do what you want them to do. The way that we put it is a lot of people um, think that they just want to be the most honest version of themselves to the world. And what they don't really conceptualize Mm -hmm. is that's sort of like a person who developed Microsoft Word saying, let's just put the code for the software on the box. That's the most honest version of what this software is. But if all the people who made word processing software just put the code on the box, all of the boxes would basically look the same mm-hmm. because we don't have time to mentally interact with that. Yeah. And the thing that really needs to be on the box is what differentiates it, which typically isn't even most of what a word processor does. Like you're not even listing all of the things about a word processor on the box. You're listing what differentiates this word processor from other word mm-hmm. processes. It makes it different, sure. Individualize it, which goes back to that whole concept of what is my purpose. Everybody's going to have a different concept of, yeah. of what that is, the individu- individualization of that as well. Yeah. Simone and Malcolm, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show. We could definitely talk about this. I'm fascinated by this. We could talk about this forever. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you to purchase this amazing book, The Pragmatist Guide to Life, a guide to creating your own answers to life's biggest questions. Where do they find more information about you as well as purchase this amazing book? You can visit pragmatist.guide. Uh, our website or go to amazon.com and just search the pa- the pragmatist's guide to life. Perfect. So what I'm going to do as well is I'm going to put your book once more, the, the pragmatist guide to life, a guide to creating your own answers to life's biggest questions. I'm going to put that in my store on jamesmillerlifeology.com. So if my listeners aren't able to find it on Amazon, simply go to my store and you can purchase it there. Simone and Malcolm, thank you so much for guesting with us today. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. We've had a blast. Thank you. And, and we should clarify that the, all the proceeds from the book actually go to a nonprofit dedicated to sort of the objective of the book as well. Oh, awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you for clarifying that. We really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.